you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is that you would allow us to come across your airwaves and with this broadcast and be part of this community, be part of this team. We're so excited to be studying the life of Christ because whose life do you look at when the PTSD shows up, depression shows up, life's upside down? I mean, where do we go? Well, I'm telling you, folks, we go to Christ. And uh, the best way to go is on your knees. The best way to go is with your heart on its knees and just all in. Just, Lord, I need you. And we're looking at attributes, different things going on. We have Kevin with us. He's now, he's out in North Carolina. He had some Mexican food yesterday. So I, I want to, you know, sometimes you just run into some bad food. Now, Kevin, did you run into some bad food out there? I hit really bad food brother yesterday my daughter and i one of my daughters <clears throat> and i had um had fajitas that were catered to her <laughs> workplace at the airport and brother it it was catered in and it it was catered out it was just bad it, it was a rough night i'm just gonna tell you i had a rough night. oh brother you know yeah. you know it was terrible and hate to keep this topic the same and all but just so people understand the military life when when i joined the army in 1978 they had open bay bathrooms so you had about eight or nine toilets lined up and these open urinals and everything was wide open there was nothing left to the imagination and when you first get there brother i mean you're trying to sneak in when no one's in there you yeah you're trying to use a blanket or something to cover you up by by the time you're a weekend brother you're Sharing the newspaper, you know, pointing out zits on other people, you know, telling them they ate the wrong food, whatever. But every, when, when, when those kind of things visited you, brother, when you got visited by those, we were in AIT and we had open bay bathrooms and you had one of those visits at one in the morning. It was an echo chamber, brother. People inside the dorms are yelling, Carragher! <laughs> Turn it down. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I didn't mean to go there with you guys, but but I did. And uh, so, you know, those of us who served in the military before the 80s and stuff, where they got individual bathrooms and stuff, I want you to know it was, you know, there should be a level of uh, feeling bad for us or something. But uh, anyway, as we move <laughs> along now, Kevin was given a great point yesterday from John 3.16, one of our favorite verses of all times. And he gave some A's and I asked him, if he would be kind enough to do it one more time before we transition uh, from 17 to 22. But let me read 16. Then we're going to go to Kevin. He's going to tell you the A's. Then we'll go back and introduce today's stuff. But it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, Kevin, you were telling us uh, these A's. You put together this wonderful uh, lined up by the letter A. And uh, tell us about it. Yeah, it was just um, John 3.16 talks about the greatest affection, that's God's love, the greatest atonement, that's God's son and the substitute he made, the greatest action, <clears throat> which is faith. That's, that's the only thing that God requires, and it's the greatest thing in the world yeah. because we can all do it. It's where everyone's capable. 
and then the greatest avoidance is hell. We get to we avoid the worst mm. thing in the world, so it's the greatest opportunity to avoid. And then the greatest acquisition. I I, I came up with a an A at the end. The greatest acquisition: eternal life. Mm. Wow, acquisition. I would have never thought of that word. I, I love it when people, uh, what do they call that when you line up the letters? You speak uh, uh, alliteration. Alliteration. I had a pastor one time. He was so sold out on alliteration that he used the word pithy. And uh, he, he'd use words, brother, pusillanimous, pugnant, pithy. I mean, just do anything to make the letters work. But I want you to know yours was in desperation. It's so true, folks. We forget just what God does for us on a daily basis. I know I do. It's not that I forget. It's just I'm not living my life in sight of John 3.16. And uh, I love that Kevin alliterated that for us and helped us out with that. So today we're starting here at, at verse number 17. For God sent not his son, and this was the one we finished with yesterday. I wanted to cover this twice. This is significant. For God uh, sent not his son into this world to condemn the world, but that the world uh, through him, and big word there, I didn't want to skip the word through him, words, uh, might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. So you're not condemned to hell, folks. You're not going there. But he that believeth not is condemned, you go into hell, already, because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So we know that word begotten. I have two sons that were begotten of me. They're the only two in the whole world. There's only one ever begotten directly from God through a virgin, and that's a big deal. And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because they're delete deeds are evil. And uh, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to light, and his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought of God. So I love that series of verses. Particularly, let's look at 17 here for a minute. For God have not sent his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. It's a wonderful thing to know the purpose of Jesus coming, knowing that if you want to know the reason why Christ came, do me a favor, hit pause, or at the end of this broadcast, if you listen on the radio, we don't want you driving down the road and looking in the mirror or anything, but uh, I want you to look in the mirror. And you'll see the purpose of why Christ came. He came for you. He came for everybody in the world. Over to you, Kevin. Yeah, that the world through him might be saved. Brother, this verse changed my life. Verse 17 says um, that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, and um, it's, but that it might be saved. It changed my life because after several years of being a Christian, I realized that I was not going out like Jesus into the world to, to see it saved. You know, he, Jesus did not carry condemnation with him. He did not, he, he was the best in every aspect. He was more righteous in every conversation, in every setting. I got a train coming by. That's all right, brother. We love trains. <laughs> but in every setting, he was always the most intelligent, in, in every way. Oh, praise God for that. I hope it's carrying yeah. Chevrolets, amen. But anyway, go ahead, brother. <laughs> it's two engines. That's all that's going by. <laughs> two, uh, two CSX train uh, locomotives. Long story short, um, my, uh, my attitude needed to be rearranged because <clears throat> everywhere he showed up, 
he he did not at all vaunt his superiority, and 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 that had to do also with his superior holiness. He embodied holiness, and and it just had to really change my thinking that he did not come into the world to condemn the world. He everywhere he went, his goal is that it might be saved, and that meant that he. <clears throat> um, you know, the old saying, you build a bridge before you build a wall. If anyone could have built a wall, it would have been Jesus. Yeah. And walls are necessary. But uh, but first of all, there does need to be a bridge. And he went out everywhere trying at first to make himself available to people. And, and once they were convinced of his availability, then he uh, had the opportunity to become their savior. And uh, only after that process is done does, does the door close. So... It, this verse changed my life that God sent did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but uh, that they might be saved. That's pretty wonderful. And and then that verse 18 just continues on. And, you know, and, uh, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world. But men love darkness is the bottom line, folks. And, you know, there's a consequence to believing things the wrong way. There's a consequence in not accepting Jesus Christ. And in that verse, you know, Jesus is highlighting the importance of belief in me. You know, there's only two ways you can go, friends. And uh, condemnation equals an eternity away from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But belief in in Christ uh, gives you an eternity of Christ, and it's more than that. I, you know, some I know some of you folks are thinking, "Well, this is fire insurance. I'm not going to hell." No, it's more than that. Belief in Christ changes your entire life. Kevin was just talking about that a minute ago. Belief in Christ and the Holy Spirit of God within you changes families, changes lives, changes happiness, changes where you go to get your joy, changes where we take this PTSD junk and who we give it to, and whether or not we're going to live with that forever. You see, there is a big difference. It's either condemnation or belief. Belief comes with a ton of benefits. And, uh, you know, and if those people who do not believe, I mean, they're condemned already in Jesus' words. They've rejected the name, the holy name of the only begotten Son of God. If you don't believe in him, I mean, you're out. There, there's no other way in, folks. There's no back door in. There's no good works in. There's no come around the corner in. There's no my father and mother were good Christians in. There's no I've read the word and think I get it in. There's no sacraments in. There's no uh, duty killing in. It's about a belief in Jesus Christ and his word and believing in that. And if we do that, folks, we're in. I don't know about you, but I want to be, and this is one of those things we want to be part of. This is one of those things that we need to sign up for. This is one of those things that we need to hop on board. Thinking about that, folks, let's just take a second and let the stations do what they have to do. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
Thanks for hanging with us. We're looking at that verse 19, and boy, that sneaks right up and says, you know, men love darkness rather than light. And uh, and, and so the Bible rem- reminds us there's a condemnation in that verse that comes with darkness. When you love uh, darkness, it's, it's not for a while, it's for eternity. And this is the condemnation that light comes into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Folks, if, if you're not accepting Christ, you're accepting the other side of that the dark side of that and there's an evil side and there's a holy side kevin those are the two sides yes sir well that's the subject or that's the uh, reason for a lot of our um, trauma is because men love darkness you know uh trauma being you know something that happens to you if you um have been in a situation where the person in charge, be it a mother that raised you, be it a boss at work, you know, just talking about the idea, a little bit of narcissism again, but, you know, people that love darkness, in other words, they want to hide out. They, they don't want transparency. They, 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 they're what they feel the enemy. It would be something that would, um, expose them or compare them to, to the truth, to the light. And, uh, boy, they go to great lengths to cover themselves up. They will destroy people. Uh, I mean, if you're a liar, you're, you're going to be a thief. And if you're a thief, you might just be a murderer. You know, it's just, it's so easy. Um, it's so, you know, it's just so easy to get when you find yourself in that situation to say, how did I get here? But, you know, uh, so I'm just thinking about the, the idea of some people with PTSD that, are this we're subjected to someone who loved darkness rather than light. And there's nothing more abhorrent to someone who's honest than to be, um, you know, to be around people that are dishonest and be abused by people that are dishonest. Uh, when my, one of my uh, pastor's wife from years ago, uh, said to someone else that was, uh, just, just kind of playing her on some stuff in a, in a, in a funny way, they said, boy, you sure are gullible. And she said, I'm not gullible. I'm just not used to being lied to. And I just thought, ooh. (laughs) But, you know, the reality is that, um, you know, we who love the light, uh, you know, it says that he that hateth, he that doeth evil hateth the light. And there's a verse in Proverbs that says the the, uh, ungodly hate the righteous and the righteous are basically, I can't quote it exactly, but basically sickened by the ungodly. And uh, again, it it takes purpose and intention to to go out into our lives looking for opportunity to be available with the gospel. But along with that comes, comes a boundary. I'm making myself available for someone to be saved but I'm not going to take your life as my project to ruin my life. I'm not going to make your, your baggage a project that ruins my relationship with God, my relationship with my family. It's, it's not what's good. That's not going to happen. And, you know, certainly we see that a lot today where people feel like it's, they've just gone way too long being somebody else's uh, doormat and how many marriages were because someone you know, wanted to become the, the savior of someone else. And they found out that, you know, they just, they were, they were not wanting to be saved. So, yeah. but hot in here, brother. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you just went into 20 and 21 as we're reviewing them. You know, if you do evil, you hate light. Again, there's two sides of this. And so right away it's saying, you know, if you do evil, you hate light for everyone that doeth evil, hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. And then in 21, but he that doeth truth cometh to light and his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. Now in my Bible, in the margin, I have written the words righteous indignation. And you probably heard that before is righteous anger. And, uh, you know, those who do darkness, those who promote abortion, those who promote ungodly agendas, those who promote things against God's perfect will. And folks, if I'm talking to you today, we know what's light and we know what's dark. And that righteous indignation is like when Christ went in and flipped the tables. The Bible teaches us there's only one acceptable form of anger, and that's those who sin against God, his plan for our lives, and those who are trying to fulfill it. That's that righteous anger. So, so God's saying, okay, there's two sides of this thing. And uh, th- there's one side that's light and there's one side that's dark. And you say, Doug, why do you keep saying that? Because we have to make a decision right now. We can't be a little bit dark. When I was in the army, we used to get the lecture, you can't be a little bit of a goof off. You're either a goof off or you're not. And I'm here to tell you, friends, and this is something we have to look at individually every single day. We're either running in darkness or we're running in light. And you it's a decision. It's a process. It's an acceptance. It's accepting God's word. It's accepting Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. But that doesn't magically stop us from being evil. Inherently, we're evil. We do wrong things. What stops us is a daily relationship and a respect for that Lord and Savior, that only begotten Son that died for you. You know what I'm saying, Kevin? That's it's that's the stop. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about the whole relationship thing, Doug. The uh, you know the stop of a bad situation is ideally before it ever gets started. And you know when someone enters in a relationship with someone and then finds out along the lines that that person is not interested in the light they're interested in pulling someone in the darkness with them so they can look better down there feel better um continue the charade but you know that whole verse right there where it says this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light than that their de- because their deeds were evil so here we have a savior not going and condemning the world, but then the world is already condemned. And the, the clincher where Jesus has to break off a relationship or break off the availability or draw the deadline is when they choose darkness rather than light. So when you in your life have an opportunity to enter into, enter into a relationship with someone else, you have got to look at You've got to put the light, open the light to them before you agree. You know, Proverbs says several times, do not strike hands with someone unless you are 100% sure what's going to be taking place. Well, you can't be sure unless you already, you know, show them what the truth is about things. And if they then reject the light that you give them, you know, like, in other words, full disclosure, I want to live for God, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm a sinner, uh, but I'm wanting to grow in God. And, and then to, to avoid, you know, the, the slick diatribe from, from some guy. 20 seconds, instance, Kevin. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, then you have to be begin to pray and say, Lord, you know, let me see it in his works, not just in his words, so that you never enter into that, you know, so that the Bible says you don't want to be partaker of their condemnation. So let God do the condemning by showing them the light, and then you'll know. There it is, folks. We make a decision. We make that decision every day. Do we do we turn on the light every day by studying God's word? Do we turn on the light every day by uh, praying to God? Do we turn on the light by looking to God for the answers? The answer to that question should be yes. Remember, look in the mirror. Who you see is who Christ died for. We sure do love you, folks. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.